is Leila Janti. And I'm Marcus Rosati. And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast about us growing up as TCKs and how that's affecting us now as adults. And today, mm-hmm. as always, when it comes to food, I'm very excited about talking it about it. Um, mm-hmm. But today we're going to be talking about winter foods. Um, mm-hmm. So think stuff that's comforting on a cold night. What do you want to eat? I know winter is different for everyone around the world, but we're thinking specifically like cold winter. Um, Mm. so for you, Marcus, what's like something that you think winter immediately, you think "Mm, comforting and nice. Well, certainly being in Britain, one of the first things you have is you have things like stews. That's one of the things that people do like to make. And there is one, which my dad used to make and he used to call it beef and beer, which actually genuinely is sort of something like you would basically get beef and they'd be using like a bottle of stout or something like that mm-hmm. and you would use stout to cook the meat in and you'd have things like potatoes and uh, um, onions and stuff like that and if you wanted to you put dumplings in as well that sort of thing that sounds so um, good but when you mean dumplings yeah. you don't mean like what we think of as asian dumplings you mean more like like no. a dough dumpling like, dough. like it's like a dough of ball mm-hmm. dough ball yeah the kind of thing that you'd put in there that's the kind of thing another one actually that's kind of just popped into my mind which is a similar cooking technique is coque vin mm. that's a good one Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. That is really I've good. Done that sort of thing before. Yeah, that's um, wonderful during winter. Mm, I, I once adapted it to uh, to cook hair with actually, as, as in sort of like the rabbit animal, not like hair. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's, um, and and it does really work for that as well. Cooking hair in red wine is actually really really good. That's a very wintry thing to do, I would say. Yeah, because it's from a, a British perspective. It's a pretty gamey meat. You it can stand up mm-hmm. to wine, especially a red wine. Whereas oh, yeah. I think normal oh, yeah. rabbit, I don't know if it'll. St- it'll it won't stand up to such a heavy like wine flavor but i think hair would because it is so wild well then i suppose chicken works so if you've got coco van that seems to work yeah i I guess so i guess for me coco van i usually really prefer the like leg bits like all the dark meat Mm, that's what i really gravitate to and that's that's really good with coco van Mm -hmm. um yeah any sort of stew i'm into my partner's not crazy Mm -hmm. about stews but i love a stew i love the chunkiness i like the thicker kind of brothy um soup that goes with it it's so yummy Mm -hmm. um one of the ones that is pretty popular in the states although i can't really eat it but i it's it's so yummy is uh chicken pot pie and usually what people do is like it's a creamy chicken soup it usually has broccoli in it um and potatoes Mm -hmm. although i have seen it with corn and with uh, carrots and usually Mm -hmm. people will top it with a flaky dough and they'll bake it so you Ooh. make this the stew soup you put it into a bake safe dish and then you cover it with a f- puff pastry or a rough puff pastry and then you bake Ooh. it and when it comes out it's got a lid you basically have created like a lid for your soup and it's so good that i love really chicken good, pot actually. pie i've had it once where the dough was gluten-free and it was mm-hmm. truly extravagant. I enjoyed every minute of it. But most of the time when I have chicken pot pie, I don't eat the crust. I just eat the inside bit. Yeah. Um, unless mm-hmm. they make a roux for it, which most places do. If they make a roux, then a lot of the times I can't have it because the flour that they use is real flour. So I don't right, I don't yeah. get to have chicken pot pie very often. But when I do, mm. it really is lovely. It just feels so hearty and stick to your bones. Um, yes. That's why I associate gumbo also to winter, mm-hmm. even though like 
in Louisiana, we eat it whenever. <laughs> but for me, yeah. in my mind, when I think gumbo, I think winter because it is such a hearty dish mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. it's so filling. Like you really do feel comforted and full when you eat it. Yeah, yeah that's that's a point. It's certainly the things that have like foods that are hot and have quite a lot of weirdly sort of like fluid with them in a weird way so it's like if it's got a soup with it or something like that not like a broth not like a thin soup or something mm-hmm. like that it has to be quite hearty it actually does make a big difference because you do it makes you feel so much better yeah it makes you feel satisfied <laughs> it makes you feel like mm, you've yeah. really like eaten a good proper meal <laughs> mm, exactly i think it's also because it, yeah, as you say, like it kind of warms you to the bones and all that sort of stuff, especially, I mean, Britain doesn't get that cold, but it gets a bit damp. And that's kind of like mm-hmm. when the thing is, if, if things are a bit cold and damp, it's like, because I mean, it, at the moment, you know, winters in Britain, you know, five degrees is kind of about five degrees Celsius. I'm saying that's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but that's kind of roughly where it sits most of the time, which is a bit unpleasant, but it's not that bad. I've been in worse temperatures and I definitely, if, if it was a choice between being in five degrees Celsius or minus five, I know which one I'm picking. Yeah. So five yeah. Celsius is around 41 Fahrenheit. So it's chilly, okay. but it's not like, it's nowhere near freezing. No, no, no. You would still have a way to go before you're starting to really freeze your butt off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's still like, you still want to feel comforted. You want to feel that yes. warmth that you get when you eat winter foods. I know that Mm. very often during the winter, it's fairly common to have like roasts or like when I say a roast, I mean like a fairly large piece of meat, usually pork or Mm. beef or chicken, although other gamier meats are definitely used. And that kind of Mm. becomes the center of the dish and it's usually oven roasted. It takes its time. And then you usually have Mm. like uh, root vegetables, like, carrots and potatoes that get part of it and then there's always like side dishes but i feel like the heart of a roast is the meat and then like a couple of root vegetables that go in and bake along with it that's so good there's something about a roast that really just kind of like it it feels again it feels kind of homey it feels like you're being taken care Mm. of even though um sidebar for anyone who doesn't cook and is afraid of cooking a roast is really easy. Just make sure you know yes. the proper temperature and the length of time you need to cook the meat. I, the other thing with like cooking roasts, the one thing is that you need to like, particularly if you're doing like, let's say with a chicken, one of the important things to do is basically make sure that you uh, lift the, if you lift the skin off the breast and then get some butter and then smear it on mm. the breast and then put the skin back on, that'll stop it from drying out and also use Kitchen foil. Yes. Um, aluminium foil. Mm-hmm. That's what you'd use. Cover that with it. And then only in the last 20 minutes do you take it off. Yeah. And then it will be all right, especially with chicken. Pork's like that as well. Oh, yeah. Nothing worse than a dry pork. It's just oh, knowing no. how to do it correctly because it is really mm. easy. You're sticking it in an oven and you're basically leaving it alone. Mm. And A bit of practice is necessary, but yeah. not too much. No, no. But I, I think learning the basics of a good roast is a great way to impress someone. If you're out there and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to have someone over, don't do it right now because we're still in COVID <laughs> times. But if you want to yeah. have someone over and you want to do a simple, easy, feeds a lot of people meal, do a roast, mm-hmm. man. It's easy yeah. peasy. And then all you have to think of are the sides, like a good mashed potato yeah. or rice pilaf. And mm-hmm. then a couple of other like veggie oh, yeah. dishes. Yeah, easy. 
Yeah, it's not too difficult. And there's so much stuff you can do with it as well. Mm-hmm. So much and stuff. you don't have to go too crazy. Like one of my favorite no. roasts is a duck. For me, oh, yeah. whenever I visited my parents during winter breaks when I was in college, I always asked if we could have duck at some point mm. while I was visiting them in the winter. Because I was almost always visiting them in a place where it was cold out and they could get access to a mm-hmm. duck. There's something about duck at winter in the like winter periods they really make me feel at home. I don't know why, but it really does hit a, a certain place in my heart for me. Mm. I think it's just because it's got all the fats and stuff and it does taste really hearty. I think that's the thing. Mm. It, it is. It's and the thing is that with duck, because it's got so many fats in it, it doesn't dry out. So it feels like really, I don't know, it somehow gets into you in a nice way, doesn't it? It's just, there's just something about it. Yeah. No, and it's gamey, but it's not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's not like having boar where like it, that can be super overwhelming if you've never had it before. I think duck, it's very nutty. It's a very nutty meat. Mm, That's a good way of describing it. Yeah. It's, I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Well, one thing I want to bring up, because you have mentioned you live in York, and this is something who anyone who watches Great British Bake Off or any sort of baking show and any friend who lives in England will know this, but Yorkshire puddings are a huge thing. Um, It's basically pancake batter that is put Mm -hmm. in a very hot muffin tin that already has oil in it that is ripping Mm -hmm. hot. And as soon as you pour the batter in, it goes up and then it kind of puffs into these little cups. Mm. Yeah. They kind of mushroom almost. It's almost, that's kind of a little bit what they look like. Um, They're, an interesting one because everybody see everybody knows about them and people do like them. Uh, and the thing is, it's, it's because they, they kind of almost form their own little bowl. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you can put stuff in them. And often what I like to do is I like to put things like gravy in there. Mm. And there is, talking about roasts and Yorkshire puddings at the same time, there is a company in the city of York called The Hog Roast. They have, I think they have shops elsewhere as well. But they um, they had like a Yorkshire pudding wrap type thing i can't remember exactly what it was i never had one but i mean maybe they still do them but then it was like you got everything put into a yorkshire pudding and you got to take that away with you oh man and apparently people love them <sighs> i think it was like something like five pounds for it or something like that which isn't too bad yeah uh, i mean it could be worse go away and feel quite happy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah five pounds for a decent for like maybe not a full meal but like a half meal that's not bad Oh, no, I think it's pretty decent. I mean, you would certainly feel full afterwards. Oh, well then, yeah. Five pounds for a meal is yeah. not bad. Because these are big, these are giant Yorkshire puddings. Oh, okay. It's not a small one. <laughs> they, they make a big one for you. Because I think, I think if it's, anyone has seen Yorkshire puddings, they, they're, they're normally not huge. They're more like a part no. of the dish. Like it wouldn't be your full meal if you had a Yorkshire pudding usually. You'd normally expect them to be, I mean, certainly in terms of the volume that they take up, they're about the size of a you know, a, a cupcake essentially, but they're hollow inside because of the way they blow up. So the thing is that they're very light. So there's not that much to them in terms of substance, it, but they look bigger because they, um, because of the way they puff up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do look quite large, but the thing is they are hollow inside pretty much. They are very nice though. They they, very nice. I always see them when I watch the great British bake off and every time someone's mm. like, I'm making a Yorkshire pudding. I'm like, I want to try it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, I, I just know that like with my lack of baking expertise or like any sort of baking knowledge, I feel like I would totally mess it up. Like I've made pancakes before, but the idea of like 
getting it ripping hot to the point where as soon as you put it in, it's already like baking and puffing up. That kind of makes me mm. nervous. I think it would just be a case of practicing a little bit. I don't think it would be that difficult, though, to be fair, because, I mean, I've seen people do it. Um, I don't think it's technically that difficult. I think it's just timing. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made a Yorkshire pudding? I never have, no. I never have. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I never got around to it. I, I could probably learn to do it, but, I mean, it would, you know, a couple of attempts I could probably learn. I don't, th I don't think it's technically that difficult. I mean, if you can make pancake batter, you could probably do it. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those, like, say. it's like making a souffle. We're like, it takes practice mm. to get it right. But once you get it right, you know how to do it. And it is impressive yeah. when you get it right. Mm -hmm. Like someone making a souffle yeah. is like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. Even though it's like, I threw mm. some eggs together and I baked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as complicated as you think. And it's like, well, you just had practice. So you know how to do it. Like, I yeah, exactly. trust me, I love a souffle, but it's basically puffy egg <laughs> with other stuff in it. That's <laughs> That's a good way of describing it. <laughs> it's delicious. It's a puffy egg. Um, <laughs> um, so another thing that like, I know it's not a common winter thing. Definitely isn't because it's from Vietnam and Vietnam mm. is a warm country most of the time. Um, but one of the things that for me, I associate with winter is pho. I mm -hmm. love having pho in the winter there's something about the broth the fact that you need to cook pho over a very very long period of time because you're using the bones and then you have to clear the broth and then you have to keep cooking it and you add all these spices it really mm -hmm. has a hominess to it and this it almost feels like a warm hug when you eat it and yeah. there's just so much umami in it like the flavors yeah. are fantastic and if i'm cold out or anytime i feel sick I immediately want pho. That's like the mm. first thing I think of. I'm like, that's going to help me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of the thing of like, you know, the idea of chicken soup, isn't it? People mm -hmm. always go, oh yeah, chicken soup, that'll sort you out. Uh, I suppose there are things a bit like that though, aren't there? Like broths and stuff do actually make you feel a lot better. I think it's because it might be partly because it's easier to consume than chewing on stuff and swallowing. And especially if you've got a sore throat or something like that. Mm -hmm. Soups are so much easier to eat. Yeah. Because you just swallow them. Yeah, pho is basically Vietnamese chicken soup. <laughs> mm. Yeah, basically. I mean, if you really like go down to the nitty gritty of it, that's essentially what it is. But then it just has other herbs and spices and you add yeah, yeah, like yeah. bean sprouts to it and you'll add like uh, Vietnamese, like Thai basil or you'll also add like mm -hmm. lemon to it. Like there's so many, th not lemon, lime. Uh, <laughs> they're like different right. <laughs> aromatics that you can add to the broth to make it taste the way you yeah. want to but oh, it's so good um and another one that i know you're gonna really feel strongly about is shabu shabu which is yeah. a japanese hot pot and the name yeah. for shabu shabu comes from supposedly this was what i was told when i was living in japan by my friend um shabu shabu is the sound that the meat makes yeah. as you move it through the broth so it's supposed to go like shabu yes. shabu 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 um yeah. And essentially, shabu shabu is a hot pot. It already has some mm. flavor in it, usually kombu. And then you mm -hmm. put multiple items in it that cook in the broth. Usually you start off with yeah. the vegetables. You'll put mushrooms in it, um, cabbage, uh, carrot, onions, all sorts of flavors. And then you'll start adding... Tofu as well. Oh, tofu. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then you'll start adding really incredibly thinly sliced meat 
so that mm -hmm. as soon as it hits the hot broth, it's already starting to cook and it takes mm. literal seconds for it to be fully yeah. cooked. And then you can eat it by dipping it into different sauces. Um, yeah. I love shabu shabu. It, yeah. It's one of those things that I really, it's like one of those things that kind of like sits dormant in your mind and then all of a sudden it just comes bouncing back out and you kind of go, I really want it now. I really want some of that now. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just so, talking about it. I want it so bad. Yeah. It's, it's such a good idea and it works so well and it tastes mm. so nice and you, there's so much it's, it's healthy as well. There's so much in it and it does really work in winter. There's just like, there's nothing better. Yeah. Like it's such a good idea. <laughs> Whoever came up with that was a genius. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty simple. Like a lot of the ingredients oh, that yeah. you use are pretty easy to access in Japan. The thing that's, I think so nice about Shabu Shabu is that it is at heart a group meal. You're supposed yes, to eat it, it as a group. Like you, you're mm -hmm. supposed to share it. It's not a dish that you eat by yourself. This is a dish that yeah. you make for a party of like at least four people um, so that you can fully enjoy all the flavors together. Let the yes. vegetables and the meat add to the broth. And at the end, um, I forgot about this, but with Shabu Shabu at the end, they'll give you uh, udon noodles, or at least that's how I experienced mm -hmm. it. So that when everything is out of the broth, you add the, udon noodles to it and you eat the udon noodles along with the broth because it's picked up all the flavor from everything yeah. that's been sitting in it so it's like its own entirely new dish mm. it's so freaking good <laughs> it, it's like one of those things is like how much of a bang from a buck can i get it's just it's such a clever idea it works so well and it is so nice in winter it works so well like you wouldn't do it in summer there's just no way um, no because it, it's it's the experience is really difficult to describe almost unless you've actually done it. It's, it's, it's a really nice thing because the thing is you can cook your own thing as well. If you want to, you know, you can say, well, I would like a bit of this now. So you put that in and mm -hmm. you take it out and all that sort of stuff. And you get a special set of chopsticks to do that, which is always important. Mm -hmm. You don't you know, want to, you, know, you don't want to use your chopsticks in a communal space. No. That no, is very not. gross. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're living with someone, I don't think it's as gross, but if you're out no. like at a restaurant having shabu shabu, yeah. you're not going to put your personal chopsticks in no. the broth, if, no. especially if you're sharing it with friends and stuff like it's just it's considered gross. Um, yeah, well, it is. Yeah, because <laughs> it is. You're sharing bacteria. Um, but I think the closest thing to that, I know for sure uh, in Korea, a lot of when you go out to eat, a lot of those experiences are shared group dining experiences mm -hmm. like going out and having Korean barbecue. It's very similar mm -hmm. where like everything is cooked and everyone's getting from it. But if you were like, oh, I want that meat to cook a little longer, people are going to go, okay, cool. Let it cook a little longer yeah. on the grill and you'll eat it when you want to. But I suppose it kind of, the only other thing I can think of that might happen in sort of like a European or Western context is fondue. Yeah. Uh, you, yep. That's, you're absolutely right. The closest the would be fondue. The, yeah. The, in terms of the communal eating and what happens is I suppose that's the closest thing I can think of that you would do. It's obviously completely different in terms of how you eat it and or what you're eating and stuff like that and the texture of what you're eating. But the idea is the same mm -hmm. sort of like you have a communal pot in the center where you dip your bread in and eat it. I said, I just suddenly came to mind. That's another winter thing, fondue. Yeah, I I would not have fondue in the summer. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> and actually, the fondue that is less lesser known, but I actually prefer more. There's cheese fondue, 
delicious mm. absolutely but i much prefer uh fondue bourguignon uh where it's hot okay. oil instead of cheese and Ooh. you usually cook meat in it so there's other dishes that come with it but instead oh, of using cheese okay. you're doing a fondue of essentially like hot meat mm. it's like so you just put you like you've basically essentially kind of like deep frying the meat is it or is it like essentially yeah. it's basically what it is oh. um hot oil it's like in english they call it hot oil fondue but i i know it's called i'm pretty sure it's bourguignon in french mm -hmm. um meat oil i'm trying to find like the official name of it <laughs> yes that's what i thought fondue fondue oh my god i can't say this bourguignon Mm -hmm. bourguignon it's it's bourguignon uh fondue and it's so so good it's raw meat or seafood you can also do it with seafood and oh, then you usually good, also cook vegetables in it too um but yeah. most yeah. likely you're probably gonna be just cooking the meat in it and getting like mm. side veggie dishes with it it's yeah. so yeah, it's good it's so so good it's a little dangerous because oh, yeah. you have literal like yeah. hot oil on the table but it tastes amazing. It can't be any more dangerous than... Well, I mean, unless the oil catches fire, I suppose. <laughs> no, th that is always a risk. I, mean, I, was thinking it's, I was thinking it can't be any more dangerous than having, like, boiling hot water or hot cheese on the table. But I kind of thought, <laughs> yeah, but the oil could catch fire, couldn't it? It's just a thought. I was like, oh, yeah. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> Sorry. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just didn't think of that. I just went, oh yeah. Nothing like a little danger to your winter eat dining activity. <laughs> At least it keep the house warm. Yeah, <laughs> it would. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh man. Okay, I think we should move on to the sweet winter dishes. Yeah. Um, yeah. swiftly on. Yeah. So I think one thing that's super common in the states and kind of like overtakes the entire um like when you go shopping for stuff and when you see it like in advertisings mm -hmm. one of the major flavors that is associated with winter is gingerbread um which Ooh, yeah. yeah it's really it has a lot of different elements that are part of it it's mostly cinnamon and ginger really is what is used in mm -hmm. gingerbread um but it's a sweeter dish um a lot of people when they have gingerbread they think of the like really hard kind of cracking mm. cookie um or yeah. biscuit sorry uh, that would have like that snap to it that really like mm -hmm. it, it takes a second to break it but you can also get chewy gingerbread almost like a like an actual like bread loaf and that's fantastic oh, right. it sounds good so good that does sound good that so i was thinking just like maybe it was because like because you can sometimes get the gingerbread cookies that are kind of like they're like hard on the outside but then like soft in the middle so it's an actual cookie but it's like doughy on the inside those are nice but like if you actually mean like a loaf of bread that actually sounds good i've never had I've, that. I've made it before i made like a gingerbread loaf it was Ooh. so good. And I, I found a recipe that was gluten-free so I could actually eat it. It wasn't just right. for my partner. I actually could have some. <laughs> and it was fantastic, especially with like a, um, I think I made it with a cream cheese icing so that it had like that Ooh. tanginess to it. It wasn't just yeah, sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really good. 
I absolutely I recommend. If that's something you like want to try out, super good. I love gingerbread. Probably going to have to. Now. Yep, you're going <laughs> to. And then the other one, I think I just really associate winter with cinnamon. I think that might just be part of it mm. for me. Like I think winter and when I think desserts, I immediately think cinnamon and chocolate. Mm-hmm. I love chocolate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like hot chocolates and stuff like that oh yeah no yeah definitely that, that that's something you, you you wouldn't have that any other time of year hot chocolate is a good thing to do in yeah that's a good idea i actually like a adding a little bit of cinnamon into my hot chocolate yes yeah that's i like it a, almost a must yeah it makes I, such a difference nutmeg d- as well works really well oh yeah i totally forgot i do also make it with nutmeg i th- i think yeah. it adds a little bit more warmth to it not that hot chocolate mm. isn't already warm but it adds like a, another level to the flavor yeah because I'm, I'm one of these people i'm not necessarily always very keen on sweet stuff so if, but if it's got a little bit like that's why my cakes with something like gingerbread because it's got a bit of a zing to it mm-hmm. it's a little bit spicier you know there's a little bit more of a bite to it if it was just plain sweet i i, I can't really do it. it has to have it's like, I don't mind things like, because in Britain they have things like chocolate orange, which is like, you know, it's just like milk chocolate with an orange flavor and all that. I don't know if they have it in the States, but, you know, you can get those here. And I like, I'm okay with those. Mm-hmm. But if it's just straight chocolate, I have a bit of difficulty with it. It's just a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got sensitive teeth as well. So that's part of the reason. <laughs> it's probably a safety feature. It's like, no, it's not good for you. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, um, don't worry. Yeah, like with if it's hot chocolate, like, yeah. It's like, especially hot chocolate, it has to be done with the dark chocolate and it can't be too milk. Like, you have to have that sort of bitter taste to it and then when you add the nutmeg and the cinnamon to it that makes all the difference i agree that's the way i like my hot chocolate i know a lot especially in america people like that more milky almost like a milk Mm. chocolate when they're having hot chocolate i'm a big fan of almost almost like spanish hot chocolate where it's that really Mm. dark almost bitter i love that like that is i'm huge into um but another thing I really oh. like that is also cinnamon flavored is what in the States we call a snickerdoodle. Um, mm-hmm. Have you had a snickerdoodle? Do you know what that is? I have not had a snickerdoodle. <laughs> I'm assuming it's not something to do with melting a Snickers bar and drawing on things. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although that's a great visual image and probably something someone should do with their kids. <laughs> yeah, you get a three-year-old. <laughs> That, they would love that. <laughs> they would. They would. Oh, that would be such a mess. But um, no, yeah. snickerdoodles are a type of cookie, um, which are on the chewier side, so they're not crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but snickerdoodles are basically it's a basic sugar cookie. So you can really just jazz it up by taking a simple sugar cookie base, and then rolling it in a dust of cinnamon and white sugar. So you just mix Mm -hmm. the cinnamon and white sugar and then you roll the raw cookie dough in that so that it completely covers the cookie dough ball and then you bake it. And then as it bakes, it creates this Mm. almost like crackly crunch to the outside of the cookie. It's so good. It caramelizes. Is that Mm -hmm. basically what happens? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just good. very simple. It's not, you don't want to take it to the point where it's actual, actually a caramel. You really just want the sugar to mm. just melt. Um, right. And then it really makes the cinnamon stick to the cookie. It's mm-hmm. so good. I love Snickerdoodle. It's probably one of my favorite cookies of the winter time. And I think it's just because okay. of the cinnamon, man. Because normal yeah. sugar cookies, I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll take it or leave it. But you add some cinnamon to it, and I will eat a whole batch of Snickerdoodle cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Snickerdoodles. Um, that does sound good. They're pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there is something that um, 
in Japan was very mm-hmm. common around the winter time, which is called Zenzai. Yes, Zenzai is a good one. It's basically because the, they have the sweet beans that they use in Japan to make the stuff that they would fill their mochi with. Uh, and they use this to make a kind of soup, which is very sweet. It's quite thick as well. And you put things like mochi into it and it's served hot and it is pretty pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of winter, it is one of the best things you can ever have because it's hot, it's sweet, it really is full of energy. Um, it's just one of those things you just wouldn't, unless you knew about it, you wouldn't believe it existed. It's sweet soup, <laughs> which kind of doesn't make sense. But that's what it is. It's sweet bean soup. It's And it's so good. And when I was last in Japan, I, was, I had an opportunity to have it. I was like, well, having that, having some Zenzai, that's what I'm doing. That's one of the things I would set out to do. <laughs> Because it's such, it's so, I don't know if they do it elsewhere, but it feels so Japanese to me. Mm-hmm. And it is so nice. Mm-hmm. And you're not, re- I don't I don't think you're going to get it in the West very easily because people aren't going to know what it is. And the concept just sounds too weird. It is delicious. It's, I don't think a lot mm. of Westerners think of beans as a sweet element. Exactly. But it really, especially when you have a sweet bean, when you have mochi, it is a kind of sweetness that feels satisfying where it's not Mm. just sweet to be sweet. Like there is a lot of flavor behind it and there's a richness Mm. to the flavor. And for anyone who hasn't had Zenzai before, it it has that thickness because it's beans that get cooked down. Mm. So there's, there's a natural thickness. If anyone's had a bean soup, you know, it like is on the thicker side. And then the mochi yeah. gets added to it. And because the mochi gets hot, it gets almost this like... Kind of gooey. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's like a gooey marshmallow. And... Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. close to that texture. And it's so yeah. good. It really has yeah. this like comforting element to it. Kind of like with soups and stews where it's comforting, but it's at the end of your meal. So you get a warm hug yes. at the end of your meal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the nice thing is, all it is, is beans and rice. That's pretty much all it is, as far as I know. There probably are a few other ingredients, but I mean, that's what it is. So it's, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of sugar in it, so it could be quite fattening. But in winter, you know, that's, you just want that sort of thing anyway, don't you? Yeah, you want you want to feel... I think the thing that's so important about winter food, and we've kind of skimmed along what it is, but in the winter, you want to feel comfort. You want to feel warm. You want to feel taken care of. And whether that is conscious or subconsciously, I think that especially in a cold winter time, we're not that far away from our ancestors. When you think about the full timeline and length and breadth of our history, we're not too far from a time where if you were cold, that meant that you were potentially unsafe and that you yeah. might not have shelter or you might not have a place to stay warm. And so I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are in environments like that. And anyone can attest being outside on a cold day, there's nothing you want more than to eat something warm and filling mm-hmm. and comforting. Mm-hmm. Like it really yeah. does something both to your psyche and to your body that makes you feel yeah. like, oh, I'm being taken care of. I'm okay. Yeah, and it makes it, it just, yeah, it makes it brightens up your day. It does. Thing. Yeah. So this has yeah. been, yeah, this has been cool. I love talking about food. It's always like fun because yeah. uh, there's always yeah. a history to it. And it's always, yeah. it's something that brings us together. Everyone has to eat. So mm. might as well make it something good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit around eating dry bread with water all their life. Uh, if you do, you have very interesting tastes. <laughs> yeah, you're probably a monk. <laughs> 
Oh man. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us <laughs> for another episode of Podcast Necessary, uh, Passport Necessary. Uh, we, <laughs> oh man, I have to get myself together. Okay. We're very, yep. very grateful that you joined us for this episode. If you have any questions or comments or you have dishes that you like during the winter time, we would love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Passport Necessary. So that's uh, our at is P-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-N-E-C-E-S-S-1. And we would love to hear your comments or if you have any questions, we would love to answer them. You can also leave us any comments or reviews. It really helps us out. We're still growing and we hope to, you know, hear from you guys what we can do to make it better or what you're enjoying about what we're doing anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of it for this episode. Yes, that's it for now. <laughs> I'll see you, Marcus. Bye. All right, see you soon. Bye. <laughs>